Hi guys, we're live. It's business power hour. I'm excited, you guys. I really love doing these. These are so fun for me to do because like every week I just get to hang out with cool people for an hour and like pick their brain about business, which is my very favorite thing to talk about. The master I know is I can talk forever. <laughs> I'm never at loss for words when it comes to business thing. I am excited. We have a really awesome panel for you guys today and we're going to be talking about building a community of raving fans and I think that's important because when people know you and know your work and like your work they'll refer people to you they'll buy multiple offers it's like the best case scenario for you with your business so let's go ahead and get into it I'm going to let them introduce themselves if you guys are watching let us know can you see and hear us is all of this working just you know give us a little verification in the chat um, Lonnie, you want to go first? Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Faith. I've been watching these and they're so much fun. And I am very fascinated by the conversations. Like oh, these are good. my favorite kind of conversations too. talk forever about business. But um, I'm Lonnie Jackson and I am a business strategist and a mindset clarity coach. I work with women entrepreneurs to help them create customized business strategies that develop profits, uh, high profits, and not just income, but time, energy, and fulfillment. So very holistic approach to building a business. I tend to uh, detract moms because I am a mom of six. So oh my I know gosh. Like, I know what it's like to juggle business and babies, you know, I got that You're down. Like a mom expert. When you get yeah. to six one, do you get like a plaque or like a certificate? They're I, like, you are I, an I expert know. mom I'm now. waiting for my award still, so. <laughs> I'm sure it's coming. It's coming, I bet. <laughs> Any day. <laughs> Any day. <laughs> I think it's the, the reward is laundry, but um, yeah, so I, I love The reward is laundry. <laughs> Award is doing doing a million loads of laundry for the rest of your life. That's loads. the award you guys. Yeah, yeah. I, awesome. I love doing business strategy and getting diving into the nitty gritty and creating customized. I'm big on like, don't try to copy somebody else. If plug and play has not worked for you, which most of us it doesn't. You this is what's missing is you have to customize it to your time, your energy, and what you want from your business, and then you're gonna make money and it comes easy. Well, I have a lot to say about that. I'm excited to talk to you about that some more. And then do you have a free, do you have a freebie for them? I do. So okay, because I am. Tell me uh, more. Tell me where yeah. I can get it. I'm always I, like getting everybody's free stuff on here, you know? Because I, I'm a mom that has uh, gets interrupted all the time. I, I had to develop strategies that could be done in very short spurts. So I came up with a marketing strategy to grow my community to over almost 6,000 now. Uh, and I do it in 10 minutes a day. And oh, I, I, I'm going to I teach okay. clients how to do this. They do it. Uh, one of my clients who just implemented this strategy, she booked eight discovery calls in four weeks using this, uh, just 10 minutes a day, landed four clients. So it's called 10 and 10 connect. And it's very strategic about connecting with your audience. This is not your social media. This is connecting in outside communities to bring them into your world and grow your audience every single week. So you can go to Lonnie Jackson, L-A-N-I Jackson.com forward slash the number 10, I N 10. So 10 in 10. Wait, 10 in. Oh, I see. So 10, so, 1, 0. I N 1, 0. 1, 0. Okay. Yes. 10 in 10. 10 so if you just think about it, like I'm connecting with 10 in 10 ways in 10 minutes. And okay. I'm going to pull this up so I can put it in the chat for them. And then Oh, we'll yeah. I Can I put it in the chat too? I can do that. I, I don't, don't know, know what your screen looks like. So I don't know because you're like. Yeah. I don't see a place where I can add. I think I can get it. So I'll let, um, okay. we'll let Holly go and I'll, I'll pull it. See if I can pull it up. Perfect. Oh, I got it. I'm going to put it in the chat for them. 
Thank you. Yeah. Holly, how are you? I'm so excited that you made it. I know. Thank you. It's nice to see you in person. I know I've been involved in a lot of your communities and offers that you have, and it's fun to see you in person. Um, So yeah, my name is Holly Haynes. I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I do not have six kids, but I do have twins. So maybe (laughs) me too. I mean, if you have six, you probably have twins at some point, right? Um, I call myself a business strategist, but my specialty is helping you build a full-time business on a part-time schedule without being dependent on the social media algorithm. Uh, so I was able to build my full-time business. I have a 22-year corporate strategy career. And in 2020, started my business, replaced my corporate salary in 18 months, and did most of it through community without being on social media because I couldn't. Uh, but also I have a really long history with my Instagram account getting hacked and all the things. And so I built a community offline. Um, and that's what I teach of ways to do that and really be able to be more present and build a really thriving business in a way where you can put your priorities first, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. I do have, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm just like, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. So I do have a freebie because I get asked all the time. Well, how did you actually do that? So I'm a huge podcast fan. So I actually created a private podcast series. It's Ooh, I love a podcast. Yeah. We could talk about that. That's a great way to build a community. Um, it's just hollymariehaines.com forward slash social. And I will walk you through how to create your community offline, but also I am a social person and I am on social media, but we go through a whole repurposing strategy so that you can build your community that way as well. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I'm so excited to talk to both of you. I want to pull up Holly's link so I can put it in the chat for them. Um, I would love to hear from, from you, Lonnie, how we're talking about community today and you guys signed up for this topic. It's obviously something you're like, yeah, I want to talk about that, but I'd be curious to hear like in your business, what how are some of the ways that you've either built a community or a community has impacted your business or how have you seen it impact clients and like kind of give us the scoop. What's the lowdown? How has it impacted you? So I went all in on my Facebook group when I went full-time coaching. So I've been coaching for many years, but finally went all in. This is my only business. I decided to open up a Facebook community because I was trying to grow my email list, grow my connections in other communities. And I got frustrated because I kept getting kicked out because <laughs> I didn't know the rules, right? Or I would answer questions and there was competition apparently. And uh, so I just decided, whatever, I'm going to make my own. And that's what I went all in on. I just ignored all my other social medias for almost a year and just showed up and decided this is where I'm going to be. Uh, and now it's, it's my favorite thing ever. It's a very, very active community of mom entrepreneurs. So I went very niche. I said, you have to be a mom. You have to be an entrepreneur to join. Um, and I let people talk. That's the big thing. I think that community has really allowed me to like starting this. It's allowed me to get to know my people, what they need, what they want to talk about, what they're saying, how they want to show up, how they want me to show up. It's given me so much market research as well as giving me tons and tons of leads every single week. Oh, I love that so much. And then what about you, Holly? How has this impacted your business? Yeah. So I'm probably op- the opposite, which is why I think this is be such a cool conversation. Because- I love having the panels because it's like everybody's yeah. got different ways of yeah. doing everything. Yeah. So when I was really starting to scale and going all in, I, I didn't have the capacity to be on 
Facebook or Instagram or whatever, because I was still working full time. And, you know, I always joke, like I couldn't tell my CFO, like, Hey, it's the right time to post. I got to go do this. Um, so I really went all in into podcasting uh, and podcasting tied to an email strategy. And what that looked like for me was really getting to know my audience, like asking questions through email, figuring out like, what are they struggling with? What are their pain points? Like the things that you hear, but then I actually use the podcast and I'll answer the question. Like I'll share like, Hey, here are three things that you can do to fix this. Or here's what we did to grow our email list. And it's real time. And so we've just been able to grow this like really, um, I would say like supportive, but also, Hey, this is what's working for me. This is what's not working for me. They trust me. I trust them kind of community. And, you know, they will come follow me on Instagram or Facebook or wherever, but they know that like the good stuff is on our podcast. Yeah. I really love that. And I love the community part of it too. And I think the way I teach the strategy we teach in the mastermind is like get a lead gen strategy. So you have to have a way people are going to find you. And then you have to nurture them and get them results ahead of time. And then you make offers and sell them things, right? And I see the community piece really sitting mm -hmm. in the middle. And it sounds like that has been true for both of you, right? It's like yeah. a nurture piece. But then it does also become like a lead gen too. Because then mm -hmm. what happens is people send people to your stuff. Like when you have mm -hmm. a really great community that is giving value, I've seen it many times, like become both things. Has that been mm -hmm. true for both of you? Or is it mostly just a nurture thing? Or is that your main lead gen strategy as well? So for me, it's both. I mean, so we do two episodes a week and then repurpose all of that to Instagram, social, email, wherever. Um, and I will say the lead gen part probably comes from activities like this where I'll have guests on or I'll be sharing something that we've created. But I would say the nurture part comes in the episodes where I'm sharing like behind the scenes. Here's what working. I'm answering questions live. Um, I may be coaching a client live and that's where they can really sort of, you know, get to know me and understand how I work and, and what I teach. And then on the other end of it, and I think this is really important if you think about podcasting or just being a guest in anything is you have to have a home base, right? So what I'm hearing is that home base could be a Facebook group. It could be an email group. It has to be something where you're able to nurture them even further. And so then we take that and continue to nurture and ask questions and, uh, one of my favorite strategies is actually called a hand raiser strategy. You've probably seen it where people will send an email and they'll just ask a question. They'll be like, hey, like one of my most um, famous emails is like margaritas at 3 p.m. question mark. And I was like, I don't know about you, but it's summer. My kids are going crazy and I feel like I have all these things to do. Does anyone else want margaritas at 3 p.m.? And I got so much response from that. It was through an email and I did have like a way to sort of work your way out of it if you need to. But I think people just crave like that real life connection. Yeah. And then what about you, Lonnie? Are you using it mostly for nurturing people? Like people find you and then you put them in the group or are they finding you from the group? Is it like more nurture and lead gen or is it mostly just nurture? It is a big, big web both ways for me. Mm -hmm. um, so people will find my community and then get to know me. I also, when they get to know me, they want to, I, I can nurture them in my community. So I put them both ways. Uh, so it grows my email list, but again, it also allows me to take time to get to know people deeper. Um, so it's both for me. It's 100% both ways, both directions.
which is why I love it. And I'm such a huge fan of Facebook communities because it's just like, hey, I can go meet somebody and I can park them in my group Mm -hmm. and they're going to see me. And then also they could find my community because they got invited by somebody else. So that's another thing that's been happening because I've nurtured a community that is so engaging and has such a good energy in our group. People are obsessed with my group and they will tag my group and say, you should go join the Brilliant Mompreneur Society. And Lonnie is hosting an amazing group. You can go talk about your business here. You can do market research here. And they're driving traffic to me for me too. Yeah, I love that. That's so interesting. Holly, I have to ask you about this podcast. I think it's so interesting that I think a lot of times people think like, oh, the podcast that's like nurture content, but it's just like me talking at them. Like a lot of people wouldn't think of a podcast as like building a community. But Mm -hmm. I love what you said where you were like, no, it's actually like a two-way conversation that I have with them and I include them in the episodes and they really feel like they get their stuff answered on there and provides a lot of value to them. I'd love to hear your tips about making a podcast like a community experience. How do yeah, you do so it? Yeah, so two ways you can do it. Um, so you can have a normal podcast that anyone can download, or you can have what they call a private podcast where it's, you know, you're talking about like one thing. Um, and so what we've been able to do is we have like the, you know, the typical episodes on our regular podcast where we bring guests in and we talk about things, but usually on Fridays, it's just me. And I joke that I normally do them like the night before, even though I'm like a super planned person, because I'm, I'm very organically just sharing like what's happening in our world, but I'm incorporating like, Hey, my clients are struggling with this, or I'll bring a client on and we'll actually like talk through what they're doing or what they've done. Or I'll answer questions that I'm getting like in the DMs or emails. And so it feels like it's almost like we're having a a cup of coffee or something and we're just chatting. The other thing that I've done is going back to sort of that like hand raiser or asking questions is I'll ask questions in the podcast or I'll do like a keyword. You guys have probably seen this where it's like DM me, whatever. And then most of the time it's me. I do have some automations, but most of the time it's me. I like to change the keywords up all the time. I had to remind myself to write them down because I'll like think of a keyword and I'm like, crap, I don't remember what I said. Why is everybody <laughs> messaging me tomato? <laughs> Why is everybody messaging me margarita today? What did I say? <laughs> but it's been really fun because my audience is usually working corporate moms or listening to podcast on the way to work they hear me say margarita on the podcast they message me and then i'll just respond with questions or things like that the other thing that we've done is we have a a texting platform that we use and so i'll be like text me whatever and so this way i'm able to text them when a new podcast episode comes out i can ask a question they can text me back and that's been a really great be engaged so you're using it to like actually have and start conversations with people Mm -hmm. in your audience that's so so interesting and then Lonnie I have to ask about this group because I've been hearing from a lot of people lately not gonna name any names but I've been hearing people maybe they're in the mastermind maybe y'all are watching they've been (laughs) saying like I feel like Facebook is dead no one's on groups anymore to be in a Facebook group if you have a dead Facebook group, if I'm ta- I'm like, I'm posting things, but my Facebook group sucks. I know it sucks. They know it sucks. Like we all know this is not like the party I was envisioning when I made this group. What are some troubleshooting you would give? Like, what do we do with the right. Facebook groups that are dead and sucking? Give okay. us your magic. So I one, Facebook groups are not dead. Facebook groups are very much alive. 
it's it's just like anything with social media. If it's not working, it's usually you not playing nice. It's you not playing with the algorithm or the the, the system the way it was supposed to be set up. Yeah. So like for instance, if you see yourself in a group suddenly have next to your name a little emoji or top contributor, things like that, it means you're playing with the group the way Facebook wants you to play with the group. So Facebook is literally telling you how to play with their favorite toys. Um, so if you made a group and you think people are going to come and just be there to absorb your brilliance and who you are and just listen to all of your voice and only your voice go start a podcast you're not the groups are not for you that is there's that's like that's the expectation is like shift you need to shift groups are for conversations so if there is not a facilitator of conversations that's why your group is dead and you're like i've heard people say well i'm asking questions well you're not asking the right questions or the people in there have it's been so dead they aren't seeing anything that you're posting so you're gonna have to revive it you got to go live again you can message the people in your group you can use like apps like group track and things like that to collect your group data and message them there's a way to revive it for sure but the evaluation starts with are you creating the opportunity for conversation and can they start a conversation or are you the only one allowed to start a conversation Oh, that's a good question. I'll have to ask both of you because both of you talked about like having conversations mm -hmm. with your audience and talking to people. Something I hear a lot from online business owners is like, I want this to be passive income. I want it to be passive income. I don't want to have to be launching. I don't want to have to be talking to people. I just want to like send my schedule my emails and like make sales. Why do you guys choose to do conversations? Like, what does that do for your business? Why spend your time doing that? And like, I would be curious to hear too, like how much time do you think you spend like having conversations with people and how does that impact your bottom line? Yeah, this is such a great question because I like remembered me telling myself at the beginning of business, like, I just want to create all the funnels that do all the work for me. And I do have funnels and they do do a lot of work. But I think the key for me is like, I have a background in customer experience and people remember people. So if you think about like who you want to impact and who you want to help, like, I just think everyone is craving like an actual person. Like we know AI is out there. We know like chatbots are out there. And I think to some degree we're okay with some automation, but at some point in your business, people are going to want to have a conversation. So I found like, you know, some of the lower ticket items, that's great. Like they get to know you, like it's fine not having a conversation, but if you're, you know, launching a mastermind or some sort of like higher ticket thing, like they're going to want to know who you are and what do you do? Like, do you really sit in a palm room? Like during the day, like, you know, what are your kids doing? How are you actually doing this? And I think that like personal touch has just helped with higher conversion, but also you just never know where those relationships are going to turn into. And, you know, they always, I call them unicorns and they like fly into your inbox and you're like, Oh my God, this person wants to do this. It's so amazing. Everything's working. But most of the time it's because of so-and-so told so-and-so about so-and-so, or they heard you somewhere. Um, and I just think, you know, if you can systematize and strategize some of the things that can allow you to have more time to have these like meaningful conversations, then the return on investment, I think is like way worth it. Um, 
What does your weekly time investment look like? Like how, like you were saying, like you're sending DMs when your podcast goes out with a question, like, is that taking hours every day? Is this like 10 minutes every day? What are we looking at in like time? I mean, so my podcasts are batched, right? So that's like a conversation that's scheduled just like this. And I usually do two podcasts a week that are my own. So that's two hours. And then I would say I probably spend 30 to 40 minutes a day just having conversations with people, like answering messages, checking in, following up. But it, it's not crazy. If you had to guess, and you don't have to, I, you don't have to yeah. answer this if you want. Okay. If you had to guess, like, in over the course of your career, what kind of money you think that that has led you to ish? Is it like, has it made you an extra hundred dollars? Has it made you an extra like few? Well, oh, I'd say like hundred thousand. I mean, do you think I over like six figures, like the conversation, I just want people to hear like yeah. this. Cause I think people like think like, Oh, that's kind of like an extra thing that people do, but I don't have to do it. I don't want to be in the DMS or I don't want to be on camera. Or, I don't want to like, whatever. I don't need to, it's not that important. So yeah, you would think I mean, if you were to guess, you would say it's made you like six figures extra revenue. If you then if you oh for it. sure. I mean, I always joked like you can't. I couldn't replace my corporate salary selling like a ninety-seven dollar course because when I started, I had no audience. So you know, I had five people from high school following me. That's not going to work. Um, yeah, I'm always, I always do that math with people. I'm like, okay, yeah. like how much money you want to make, and we work backwards. And then the last part is like, how big is your audience? And they're like. Well, I only have six people. And I'm like, well, I can't make this math work. Like we have to fix like your, we have to go get more people usually is the answer. Yeah. And I think that the other thing is, is at the beginning, I think the quickest way to like build your client attraction plan is to have a conversation with somebody like go to a networking event or go have coffee with somebody. Like you could literally sign a client with nothing because you had a conversation. And so I I think people get nervous because they're like, I have to put myself out there. I have to talk, but you learn so much from having those conversations. And then that data that they're sharing with you, can you could turn into content, make a program out of it. Like there's so much you can do with it. Yeah. And I love that you guys both have these like kind of ongoing conversations. It sounds like with your communities, something I hear a lot is like, people are, people are kind of like, should I survey my audience to figure out my product? And like, what should I put in the survey? And I'm like, I don't have to survey my audience. I fucking talk to them all the time. (laughs) I I, I spend literally hours. I mean, I'm in the mastermind. I spend hours live coaching them every week. And then in here too, I also do, we do live events. We do live training. We do Q and a, like, I'm like, I talk to them all the time. I'm like, if you don't know what your people need, like my first question is always like, are you actually helping them? And like, are you having these conversations with people or are you just kind of like talking like at them more or less? Right. And I think having that skill of like being able to have a conversation about like, what are you guys struggling with? Like, how can I help you? Like ongoing all the time. It really, I think for our business has allowed us to create a lot of really great offers that Mm -hmm. I don't think we would have thought of. Right. But when I'm coaching, I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're all struggling with this. Like, oh, my gosh, like people keep asking us. People kept asking about like time management stuff. Right. And then we added like a time management program in there and like a systems thing in there. We just kept adding things based on what people need. Have you guys found that that helps like your sales or your free workshops or your paid workshops? Has it worked like that in your business? He's like, yeah, tell oh, me. Oh, yeah. Tell me yeah, more. because you're, conver- in my opinion, conversations 
are connections that lead to conversions. Like that's the order. And the more conversations I have, the more opportunity I have to connect with people and the opportunity I have for them to convert. Like that's just how I view it. So the investment of time is worth it always. Um, the thing that it gives me is my conversations allow me to two things. I can track two sides of the data. One is what are their pain points and obstacles and visions that they want? And it's always a pattern and I can start to see new patterns happen. But the second thing is also what do they respond with from me? So I, I do a lot of DMing too with my people and I played around this summer with the words and sentences I use to convert them to get on a call with me. And I found a pattern that was, it's all very, very predictable. If I can get them to the third question that I ask, they're going to get on a call. That's and so, great. so you're like, like tracking all of the I, you can start to track data. data that you're getting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now you really know how your clients will respond to you and at what point they're ready to work with you. So if they, if they stop me at question number two with a certain kind of response, I know they're not ready to, for this offer. Right. So it's just like this all is just giving you this really intimate knowledge to say, hey, before I turn on a Facebook ad, I can really know what my people need, want and respond to and where they're at. Because another thing I hear from my audience all the time, because I have these conversations is like, I know people need my stuff and they want it, but then they don't want to buy. Well, then you're talking to people who really don't want to change. Mm -hmm. So how do we get to talk to the people who do want to? We need to know more data. Yeah, I just had the conversation like this in the mastermind earlier where somebody said in the comments, she's like, well, that my people don't like to buy. And I was like, I would sell to somebody who does like to buy. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? I was like, I wouldn't build a business catering and pitching and selling a product to people. It was somebody that was hard to find and like doesn't like to buy. And I was just kind of like, maybe sell to somebody that does like to buy that like wants to spend money on fixing this problem. Right. It's like, I would pitch, I, if I were going to start a business, like I would start a business serving people that want to pay to fix yep. the problem I solve. Right. So I always think that's really interesting. Um, and sometimes I it's not that they don't even want to buy. It's just that what you're, how you're saying it isn't en enough of a vision of transformation for them it's it's you're talking college level and they're at a fourth grade mm -hmm. yeah totally you know they want talkies instead of nutrition <laughs> yeah holly what about you do you guys track data like that or is it more like organic for you or are you like keeping spreadsheets with like these are yeah. the problems these are the questions so if i'm being honest we didn't at the beginning and i should have that's like my biggest lesson learned um i'm a big data person so i create what we call a monthly scorecard and we track like everything so it's like how many emails did we send out what was the best subject line what were the open rates what's what's the best podcast episodes um because that in without even having a conversation gives me like, oh, people are really into mindset this month. Or, oh, we just shared like, you know, how to attract people to your email list. Like that was really popular. And so I use that data, but then also, and I'll be honest, like it's not fancy. It's like a spreadsheet inside ClickUp. And it's literally every conversation that I've had. And I'll just write like a little note next to the person. Like if I'm on a call with them or I'm, you know, sending a DM or whatever. And, it, and people are like, oh my God, you write that down? That takes so much time. It doesn't take that much time, but also the next time I have a conversation with them, I can be really intentional about like, 
you know, I knew that like their daughter was sick or like, and genuinely ask questions and get to know them. And in return, that has turned into really just getting under to better understand what they need, where they're at. Because I think so often, like we try to sell the same thing to the same people and it's like, well, they might not want that or need that. So you've got to have a conversation to really make sure that that's what they do want. And if they don't want it, you know, you can still have a conversation with them. So I kind of go into it with a connection. Um, but then I do track the conversations I'm having. And then we also look at data. Um, I mean, you can even get into like Google Analytics and SEO and all of that and really start to see like, what are the key words that people search, you know, for me or what are our best performing pages on our website? And so I think any data that you have, even if it's just email subject lines, it's really going to tell you like, oh, people are interested in this. I should share more of that. I think that's really important in business. And we we have like a whole debrief strategy we teach in my mastermind. And the reason I do that is because if we don't have data, our brains like fill in that gap with like story. And they mm -hmm. do it really fast and it feels really real. So I always use this example. I used to all the time, like probably like once every six months, I would like message up my old VA I had at the time. And I'd be like, Brie, the podcast is a waste of time. It doesn't do anything. Nobody listens to it. I spent all this time doing it. And like the podcast, basically the underlying theme was just kind of like the podcast is stupid and it's not doing anything for the business. And she was like, have you looked at any of the data from the podcast? And I was like, no. <laughs> she's, like, <laughs> she's like, the podcast is consistently grows month over month. She's like, this is like our biggest audience. It's like where you reach the most people every month by like a fucking landslide. Right. And, but like in my mind, when I hadn't looked at that data, that felt really real. Like, cause I was just recording it. Right. And my other live streams and the stuff I was doing in the Facebook group, I get all this like instant feedback. Right. So with the podcast, it was like, I was just putting it up on iTunes, but I wasn't seeing that they were watching it and I wasn't really hearing that much about it. So I just, in my mind, my brain made up the story, right. To fill in the lack of data that it had. It makes up this whole like little narrative about like, nobody likes the podcast and this is a waste of time. And so you really have to be really, really diligent about looking at your data, I think, because our brains will do that, right? They're I'm like, well, we already know they're gonna do it. It's gonna make up some kind of story. And a lot of times it doesn't match the data you actually have. And so I'm really big on like debriefing, looking at the data, all that stuff. What would you guys say to someone that's listening to this and they're like, well, good for you guys. You guys all have audiences. I don't have any people. I have a group with three people. Like, like I don't have enough people to have a community. And like, I don't, what do you think people should do in the beginning if they're just starting? Right. And yeah. you, did you guys go through that where there wasn't people in your audience and like, how did you manage? I mean, I think everyone goes through that. Like everyone starts at zero. You have to. And Go I was off, like, girl. I'm like, yeah, welcome to the, I'm like, <laughs> the price of entry. You know how long I've been out here? <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing that I talk a lot about is the power of um, micro audiences. And it's just like a little bit of a mindset shift. And that is a micro audience, which is like probably all of us or anyone that has, you know, smaller audiences are 22 times more likely to purchase because they know you better. So there's a reason when like, you know, the Jenna Kutcher's and the Amy Porterfield's of the world come out with a book or whatever the thing is that they come on podcasts like mine, 
or they go on other podcasts because the micro audience that I have is somebody that like knows me and likes me and they're going to, you know, if I recommend something, they're going to be excited about it. So I try not to get stuck on the number. Um, I think it's, you know, the, the power of the community that matters more, making sure that you have the right people, not necessarily like thousands of people. Um, I mean, I always say the first step though, is, is you have to have a home base. Like you have to have something that you own where you're constantly attracting people to so that you can nurture them and build a community. And one of the things that I quote all the time is that I think the, the phase of like lead magnets that are a PDF that you create on Canva are kind of done. Like people expect value and they expect you to teach them something and show them something. So I always say like, create something that wows, like actually give something that somebody's gonna get a result with and start building from there because then they're like oh my god i can't believe like holly and lonnie gave all this away today in such a short amount of time and then they'll you know they'll start to get to know you a little bit better so that's where i would start that's how i teach it as well i teach like you have to get an actual result and i'm like that's hard to do like if you think about you think about people listening to your podcast or you think about all the people on your instagram and you're like what is like one action if I could get everyone to do on to listening, if I could actually get them to do it would actually make a big difference for them. Whether that's, if you're a finance person, it might be just like saving $10 this week, right? If you're a business person, it might be like just picking up your phone and like posting on Instagram for, you know, three days in a row or something they can actually do. But then you have to put your brain to work about like, how can I get them to actually take an action and do a thing? And mm-hmm. that is hard to do. But if you can do it, I think it really makes you stand out because you've already impacted them in such a significant way versus like the old way of just like, let me just give you some stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we all have so much digital shit at this point. We're all like little digital hoarders. Let's be real. Like, my hard drive is like, I don't even want to talk about, I paid so much money for like cloud storage and it's mostly because I'm a digital hoarder. And yeah. so people just don't value that the same, right? Um, yeah. What about you, Lonnie? Do you find that in your community too? Yes. Um, and, and I want to say like going back to the small audience thing, I started yeah. at zero. December 2nd, 2020 was when I opened my group and I had zero. I mean, you start with the people, you know, and the community around you. And I will tell you though, the first six months, I put a little pressure on myself. I'm like, oh, I have to grow. So I look legit. But then when I relaxed my nervous system a little bit and was like, no, this is fun. Everybody, when the group was smaller, more people saw what I would post. If I went live, Facebook was like, hey, everybody, your favorite new person is live. And that organic connection and conversations were really, really special. And so if you're growing slow or you're small, that's actually really fun. Mm -hmm. And most social media accounts, when you're new and growing and adding people, they will prioritize you. So absolutely, yeah. Don't, nice, yeah. don't complain. You're getting more. You're getting more clout now that my group is over five thousand. I have to work harder to keep the engagement up, and people yeah. don't see my content as much. So I have to be much more strategic than when my group had five hundred people. So that's such a good mindset shift for people because people really think like I don't have enough people, and it's like this huge mm-hmm. problem. But I'm like. 
you guys are going to get more people. You're going to deal with like more bullshit. First of all, I'm like, God, <laughs> yes, like I like think I really romanticize like my beginning business sometimes. And I'm like, Oh God, like, can you imagine? Like I had like no overhead and I could just sell whatever <laughs> I wanted and we didn't have to plan and I didn't have to manage the team. And I could just like, yep. I was like just a free little, you know, running around the internet. Yeah. <laughs> like what a great time. Right. And oh, it, yeah. it's great now too, right? But I think like it's different. I would just encourage you guys like romanticize the beginning. Like there's so oh, many yeah. fun things about being small and like being able to pop off and not feeling like, oh my God, if I say this, I'm gonna get hundred fucking DMs about it. It's like <laughs> I feel like know, people know me and the people here like really understand and we're all together and we know each other. Yeah. Like that's such a special, it really is a really special season. You won't be in it forever, like you know. And having a big audience, obviously, great, like you know, too. But there's pros and cons about both. And I will tell right. you, when we're talking about community, the whole point is to have connections and conversations. And at any volume, like my audience, I still have one-on-one -on -one conversations every single day, mm -hmm. even though my group is much bigger. I, and those are those still those one-on-one -on -one touches is what converts at the highest rate mm -hmm. over the volumeize. So. I, I remind my clients who are like frustrated that they don't have a big audience. I'm like, all you have to do is have one conversation today and that could lead you to a sale. And that's what led me to a sale today is one conversation, mm -hmm. not 5,000 conversations. It's the one. So don't negate the individual talks that you have because you could have as many as you want a day if you want to start them. Like, and I can't do 5,000 conversations in a day. So the it's the one-on-ones that convert the highest for me. Yeah. So those small, like micro audience and micro interactions, mm -hmm. right? Yep. I really, really love that. What would you guys say strategically? I'm going to pick your guys' brains. Like if I'm, I'm Jessica and I'm just starting a business and I have, I'm starting from nothing. And I'm like, I love this conversation. I want to have a community. That sounds like the most fun. I help moms. I don't know, eat healthy while they're super busy. And I want to have a community doing this of moms that want to like feed their kids healthy, but don't like cooking and like they want to get it done fast. How, what do I do? Um, give me like, a, give me like, tell me, I'm just like, just give me like, what would you, if you were that person, if you were me, like, what would you do? What would be like the first couple things you would do? I'll give you an exercise. Um, okay. So one of the things I always say, busy mom is not a business. So you need to not <laughs> say, like, you've got to be more specific than that. And everyone's like, I want to help busy moms. And I'm like, that's great. Tell me more. Tell me more. What does specific think, well, look like, Holly? Tell me more. Um, I mean, I call it micro niching, but I, I mean, let's pretend you're like a, a health coach and you want to help busy moms become healthier, but maybe you're known for... 15 minute desserts that because you are obsessed with chocolate or something. So it's not like you're just teaching people to eat dessert all day, but like you become known at the beginning for these like amazing dessert recipes and people are like, Oh, I got to get on our email list. I need this dessert. Or I can't, I made these muffins for my kids and they're like, I'm obsessed. And then they share it with all their neighbors. So it's like really thinking about like, what's that thing that you want to be known for. Um, and I think people get really nervous when you say like micro topics but it's way easier to create at the beginning. And then the exercise that I love, it's called the 30-30. Well, I call it the 30-30 exercise. It's not a great name, but the goal is- on That's a good name. That's not a 30-30 exercise. That's yeah, like 10 and 10, 30-30. It'd be like a football theme today. <laughs> um, I didn't even get that that was a sports reference because that's how little I know about sports. 
So just take a piece of paper and write 30 pain points that your client has. And by pain points, you got to be like really specific. So if you're thinking about um, like you're again, a health coach, like I don't have time to make dinner. I don't know what to eat. I, my kids eat different things than I do, like whatever the things are. And then on the other side, write how you can solve it. So how are you fixing it? And typically what happens is you start to see some themes of like, oh, I could do this. And then I recommend like creating your free thing out of like a theme that you see in that exercise. So that's going to give you enough to say, you know what, I have enough expertise to help somebody with this pain point, solve it. And this is how I'm going to do it. So once I have my pain point and I have my thing, like, what do I do? I start a podcast or I go post on Instagram. What do you think the best place for people to go start right now is? great question i mean if you want a community for 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 me if i'm gonna tell you like if you want to do a facebook community then you need to think about how you're gonna create conversation so i think this is a great just like if we're jessica like great i love it that you want to help support moms who want to eat healthy with their kids what are the questions that they are asking like if they're asking their mom friends you want to play the place where they're going to ask. But if those there's questions. no people in there yet, what do I do? So I'm so like, you, okay, I have, I'm like, I have all my questions. I yeah. have all my niche. I have my conversations, but like, where do I put it? Like, so, I can't put it in an empty group, right? So where do I? Well, put you're it? going to start with an empty group. You have to. So okay. you would name it something very SEO friendly. So go do some research for keywords. What are the key, what are the things? So could okay, be, there's um, a really good tip. So keyword your like, group yeah. name. That's yeah. a good, really good tip for you guys. That's really important, actually, with Facebook groups. Don't name it something cutesy because people do go in. The first thing I did like when Faith's I moved one house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it's cute and fun. It may be memorable, but like I immediately when I moved to Houston, typed in Houston moms groups. Like I wanted to find the Houston mom groups so I could get plugged in. So you could go local to start with. You could use like feeding toddlers or oh, that's um, an interesting moms and toddlers. Making a group like for the area you live in yes. for the topic that you pick. That's a yes. really good tip. I hadn't ever So that's heard even more micro niche as well. Um, but it's going to pop up and using the word mom, kids, and uh, recipes, those are all big search in the search bar of Facebook. So like really nailing in what your people are looking for and what community they want to join. Go look for other communities that are already started like so that. Interesting. Because I had I had felt like that had stopped working, but you're still seeing it come up in search. Oh. The people are searching groups and joining them. And they're and like, Facebook your clients are like, them. your clients are starting to get like a, to being in my group grows and it but it grows because I like send people there. Like I don't feel like I mean we're doing online business, it's like probably the most saturated niche there ever was, right? So that's probably partially why. What do you so think? Facebook also recommends, I'm sorry, Holly, um, but Facebook yeah, does yeah. recommend if you have a keyword and so like if I'm in a group for mom entrepreneurs, Facebook yeah. will recommend other groups like the mom group entrepreneurs that I'm active in. Hey, you like this community? You probably would like this community. And you could turn on the toggle in your group to be recommended. To Mine you, was uh, for a while. It was, we were getting like new people joining it. Like so that it might were, not be specific enough now. Yeah. Cause they weren't on like, 
they weren't on my email list because we take their email list when they join the group, right? Yeah. So we can check if they were on the email list or if they were from Facebook. And we get like almost not nobody from Facebook. Like yeah. pretty much all of my people that have joined, I think I have like 6,000 people in my group. I would say 98% of those, like I put them there. <laughs> Like they're from like they're from like seeing me at events sure. or getting on the email list and then i send them to the facebook group to watch free events and trainings and stuff no facebook will do so some of the work for doing, you yeah. if you so like especially like the more niche you are the more good quality keyword you have like let's say twin moms that's very specific because i see twins being in the conversation here so if i'm like hey you're in a twin you want you're interested in twins you're in a group already for twin moms Maybe Facebook's going to recommend my group for twin moms to you and you're going to join organically. It's just like friend recommendations. If you're interacting with somebody and Facebook's like, oh, you might be friends with her because she's also in that same kind of vein. This is the kind of relationship, multiple friends crossover. It's Facebook likes you to stay on Facebook. So they're going to keep finding ways to encourage you to stay. Okay. Yeah. So that's a really good tip about. But one thing I would say, like, just going back to the Jessica conversation, I think that's who we named her. Um, <laughs> I, always I don't know why that's always my name on here. I'm like, I always Jessica, ask, like, the new entrepreneur. Like, what would Beyonce do in this situation? <laughs> um, but, like, where do your people hang out, right? I am not a Facebook person. Like, if you told, like, I tried to join a twins Facebook group when my girls are little, and I, like, I was like, I can't. This is too hard. Um, so I think you like it depends where your people hang out. Like I have a lot of corporate clients, like they might not have time to be in a group. Like so, like where do your people hang out? And going back to I think the the number, like the engagement versus the numbers. Um, but I also think obviously having a Facebook group is a super powerful tool. So it's like, well, where do you want to hang out? And where are you going to be consistent? And where do your people want to hang out? Because it's not a one size fits all model. Clearly we all do something different, but if you're strategically asking, okay, what am I teaching? How am I providing value and where do they hang out? And then you're showing up consistently there. I think that's where you'll see the best results. That's really important that you just touched on. And I just want to like highlight it. I always tell people, sometimes I'll have people come and they'll be like, I want to have a TikTok account because I think it's a good opportunity. They show my stuff on there. Um, but I hate social media and I think it sucks and it's the worst. And I'm like, like me being on TikTok. It was a nightmare. It's horrible. I was like, I hate this. Well, I'm like, either find somewhere you want to be or like think better thoughts about it. But I'm like, yeah. why would you keep posting somewhere thinking about how much you hate it and telling this yeah. story about how you hate TikTok? So it's like, you can either like go find a different platform, which that's, I'm always like, yeah, there's times where I'm, I'm like, yeah, change the circumstance. Like <laughs> there's yeah. lots of circumstances in your business you can't control, but there's, a, there are things you can control and things you can change. So if you hate a platform, it's like, think about like, am I going to do the work to get my brain on board with feeling good about posting here? Or am I going to go find, change the circumstance and go find a different platform so I can feel better, but don't like, don't decide like that you're not going to allow yourself to shit on the platform and social media and tell these really unuseful stories about like, you know, oh, like TikTok is like a waste of time and I hate social media and it's such a time suck. I'm like, what is the time? So like pick up your phone and like make a video. It should not take you more than 10 minutes. I'm like, what are you yeah. guys doing on there all day? <laughs> I, I agree with you so much on this. And I love that you brought this up. My opinion, my personal opinion is every platform has my audience. Every platform has 
some audience. I they consider. do at this point. There's lots of there's it's lots just, of people everywhere. It's just whether or not you're gonna show up with good energy and you want to be there. So mm-hmm. like I had a client who had two Facebook groups with tons of people. She wasn't making any sales when she came to me. She's like, Facebook sucks and like like the narrative that you just said. I was like, then shut it down and stop showing up there. Who the hell cares? I just like, if you don't want to be there, then don't be there. I don't care if it has a thousand people. It literally had 10,000 people in her group. And she's like, nobody buys and I don't want to do it. I'm like, then don't do it. Then this is not the strategy for you. Move on. Stop. Either change your attitude and your perspective and show up sustainably and with action and energy, good energy (laughs) or don't. And I think that's the key thing with any of these communities that you pick. Like, you know, Holly does not want to be in a Facebook group. So that really, when she was like trying to find a twin mom stuff, she was like, no, I don't want to be here. So I you're probably went in with these limiting beliefs. Already. Right. And that's okay. That's okay. So like find yeah, the, find like the place that your, you do. Yeah. Your podcast like goes with your lifestyle and yeah. like it solved a lot of problems yeah. for you. Right. Yeah. So- I do think though, going back to Jessica, you know, you get overwhelmed of like, I got to be in all these places no. at once. And it's like, well, just pick one. One where you can like go all in on, at least at the beginning, like now, like I am in a lot of places at once, but we have like a whole strategy and a team. Oh my God, say it again, girl, say it again. I'm like, y'all are trying to do strategies for people that are making multiple six figures, have thousands of people on an email list and like three VAs, like, and people will be like, oh, well, so-and-so is like, she's on TikTok and she's doing this. I'm like, you're in a different season of business, Jessica. You're at the beginning over here. We got to get like one platform working yeah. before we go try to like. I ignored Instagram for, for a year. Yeah. yeah. I ignored Instagram for a full year while I built my, my Facebook group. Cause then I also have very limited time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can only show up a certain amount. So oh, it's kids, y'all. Six Facebook. kids. Yeah. <laughs> In 10 minute increments. <laughs> it's like, mom, mom, mom. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so All right. Let me get like one more tip from both of you guys and then we'll I'll let you we'll sign off and I'll let you guys go. What would you say for somebody listening to this and they're like thinking they know like a community is the next part? They're like, I know my niche, I have a lot of clarity, I know what I want to do. Maybe they don't have an offer yet, but they're listening to this and they're thinking, you know what, maybe I could just start building a community. But then they're like, but is that even worth it? Because I don't have something to sell yet and I'm not making any money doing this yet. Is it worth my time to do it? What would you say for someone who's like in that mindset of like, I don't know if it's worth my time and how do I know if it's worth my time doing this or not? I mean, I would say it's 100% worth your time just to answer the question directly. But the other thing I would say is think of a community as someplace that you can serve, right? And someplace that's going to serve you as well. So whether it's email, a Facebook group, whatever the new app is, you can run a community, like just find a place where you can hang out in, but you're going to learn so much from those conversations. And, you know, I always say it's not your launch, it's your audience. So if you can think about what do they want? What are they asking? What are their biggest challenges? You can take, it's like just data collection that's like sitting right in front of you. That's just going to make your job so much easier to be able to serve them better. Um, I don't know if there's a direct ROI, but I also think you would enjoy it, right? Like you pick the right platform and you have the right people in it. Like having conversations like this is really fun for me. So I do podcasts. I do networking. That's 
that's what I like to do. So if you can find the platform that you like to create the community, like you should really like your job at that point, which to me is, is exciting. So that would be my advice. I want to ask you, can I ask you one more question Yeah. as a business, like a business analyst, like how do you decide, like you were like, I'm going to answer this directly. I think it's hundred percent worth your time as a business analyst. Like how do you decide if something's worth your time or not? Like, how do you know that? Well, I mean, I think you just have a gut feeling, which is probably not the answer that you want, but I also, I'm I'm unattached. I'm like, I want to know what you think. I mean, I also think is, is the activity that you're doing going to create relationships where people are potentially going to want to buy from you in the future? I would say in this activity, that would be a Yeah. Right. And I think I always like struggle with this, but I really think people, I'm like, you need to be willing to waste some time in the beginning, especially if you don't have money to fund, right? So I'm like, Mm -hmm. businesses require time and money to start and starting a business is a risk. Like most businesses fail, most online businesses fail, like that's the reality of it. So but there are potential for amazing rewards, there is real opportunity for unlimited earning potential. I mean, that's insane, right? Flexible hours, passive income, like these are all things you can build out over time. So the opportunity is still really amazing. But I'm like, you don't like get to have an investment without risking anything, right? So it's interesting in online business to me, because I see a lot of people that are like, well, I don't have a lot of money to invest. But then they also have drama about investing their time that they don't want to waste their time. And they want to do everything in the right order. And I'm like, you can't have it both ways. Like you got to invest in risk. It takes some level of being willing to risk something like none of us had guarantees that we were going to get full time income that we were going to get anything out of it. Right. But I mean, the other example I like to use is like, think of when like a celebrity comes out with like a book or a TV show or a movie, like what are they doing? They're out there talking about it. They're talking about it on their social. They're talking about it on the Today Show. They're talking about it on different email platforms. They're in magazines, right? Like they're everywhere. And so to me, it's like, well, you have to be that person. Like you have to be out there so people can come into your world and understand what you have. Um, if you just sit there and don't share it, no one's going to discover you. Yeah. What about you, Lonnie? Do you think it's worth like, if somebody's like, like, Oh, I kind of want to have a community, but I don't know what to do yet. Like, is this a good place for people to put energy when they're. I 100% think it's worth your time. Again, like I agree with what you said, you have to either invest time or money and usually it's both. So the old, the, what you're going to get from it is not a failure or a loss in my opinion, but an understanding of yourself better and of your audience better. So if you can come in and say, I know for sure I'm going to get those two things and it's going to give me the capability of growth by understanding those two things, regardless of what happens, then it's going to be a win. It's when you come in with an expectation of if I'm going to do this, I'm going to grow to this number that you have in your head and it's going to bring me this money and it's going to do it on this timeline. I don't have a sales strategy. It's just, I just want to make $10,000 a month. (laughs) Right. Exactly. If you have this expectation of a magic I mean, you can do that, but like I have, you have to know how you're going to, what you're going to sell and how many units and how you're going to make those sales. Right. Right. (laughs) So if you're, if you're like imagining this instant, beautiful, you know, story that happens like in two seconds, it's going to, you're going to be disappointed. So the work of building a community is one time and conversations, and that always leads to growth if you want to accept it and read that data. 
Mm-hmm. And so I, I 100% think it's worth it, even if you don't say commit to it for a lifetime. I don't know if I'll have a community five years from now, like it is today. It might change and I'm okay with it changing, but I know what the value it has brought for me between the last three years because yeah. I've showed up. I talk to people a lot about building assets for your business. So yes. I think about like, like we have all of our emails are like being banked into an Airtable, right? And I'm paying someone to like put all the data in there and like mm-hmm. put all the copy in there. And I'm like, those are all assets for our business because we're going to be able to use the good copy in the future mm-hmm. and see which emails don't work or podcasts, like all our podcast episodes are assets. I really think like some of the most valuable assets you can have as far as online business is a community. And people are really investing a lot of money right now into growing social media accounts, growing Facebook groups. And like that to me just signals like companies and like people, investors, like investment firms, even people that have personal brands that wanna make a lot of money, they see the value in having a following online and having a community and having people that listen to what you want to say, there's content creators that are paying, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a month to grow and maintain these communities because they know like, yeah, I'm going to invest, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year into growing a following or a platform or a community, but I'm going to leverage that next year when we launch this and we're going to make 500,000 bucks off of it. Right. And so, to me when i see like investors and companies like that like invest like people are really starting to see the value i feel like and what we've known a long time and that's that like community and platforms are really valuable right and so to me i would just say too like it's a it's an asset that is going to pay out for you like and i look at it like real estate investment right like matt and i just bought a house i don't expect this house to like make me money right now it's like we just put a huge fucking down payment in the bathroom is like being renovated there's shit all over the house downstairs but like someday we'll sell it and we'll get the cash out of it right but it's an asset for us to have to help us have the future that we want and i really think if you want to have an online business having a community is a huge asset add to your business. It's going to make your online events better. It's going to make your launches better. It's going to make your sales go better. And like anything that you launch or do, you want to write a book, like you want to have a community there supporting your book. You want to launch a podcast next year? Well, now you have a Facebook group to support your podcast launch. Like it makes everything else you do in your business kind of more exponential. And so I think it's a really good place to invest time and money into building but if you don't have money like you've got to at least be willing to invest your time and if you're not willing to invest anything then you need to like look at what you actually want and what we're really doing here right okay i'll let you guys go but i want you guys to tell everybody where can we stalk you everybody needs to be obsessed with you we all want to follow you and then tell everybody about your free gifts again because they were so good and i know there's like new people that have come on here at the end uh, so uh, I can go first. Uh, you can come join my community. <laughs> yeah, we got all this talk about and you follow. We got to follow the podcast. We got to join yeah. the Facebook group. Tell us where we find. So you can go to my community is the Brilliant Mompreneur Society on Facebook. So if you just I'm search Brilliant it. Mompreneurs on Facebook, you can you join me there. And again, it's a fun community. Um, I'm also on Instagram, Lonnie J. Jackson, and I have a podcast, the Brilliant Mompreneurs Podcast that has weekly episodes and talk about juggling business and babies and all the things. And my free offer is to learn the 10 minute marketing strategy I use to grow my community to almost 6,000 and um, it's lonniejackson.com forward slash 10 and 10. 
Okay. You guys got to get that. And I put the link for that in the chat Thank earlier. You. So you all scroll up. <laughs> awesome. So fun. This is so fun. Uh, well, if you want to listen to the podcast that I talk about, that's my story. Yeah, everybody wants to listen to the podcast. Um, it's called Crush the Rush. And I, I started it in 2020. So we have almost 400 episodes out there. We have quite a few. Um, and then what I shared is a private podcast. There's emails with it too. So if you're not into podcasts, there's other ways to learn. Also it's hollymariehaines.com forward slash social. And it really teaches you how to build what I call your client attraction strategy and your community, which is what we talked about today. So it helps you pick your home base, where you want to hang out, uh, what you're good at, all those things that we chatted about. So. That's awesome. And then I am Faith Mariah. We have all the past episodes of this show on our blog now. Thank you, Kelsey. <laughs> Shout out to my assistant, Kelsey. She made all the past episodes into blog posts. So you guys can watch the replays. You can find all the links from all the speakers. It's at faithmariah.com and it's on the blog. Um, and then we're also putting the audio on the podcast. So if you want to listen to the audio from these, you want to listen on the go, subscribe to the podcast. We're doing a new one every Thursday. We'll come out. Uh, the Mastermind's open right now. Not if you're listening to the replay. But if you are listening to this today live, the Mastermind's open just for today. And then we're closing it down. But if you're listening and you're here live, you should join. That Black Friday kit is so good. And we have so many good things coming up in there. You definitely don't want to miss. Um, and you can find all my socials and free trainings and all that stuff at faithmariah.com. Thank you guys so much for being here. This was so, so fun. I'm so glad to like spend time with you guys in person. I feel like we do so much like internetting around each other, but it's so <laughs> nice to like sit and like chat and like talk about nerd out on some business stuff. All right, you guys, I will see you next week. We do this every Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern in the Facebook group for Business Power Hour. Bye guys. Bye.